Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast where two guys sit down and talk about music for a little while. Uh, one guy gives the other one a record that they know and love and the other one listens to it for a week and then we come back here and discuss it. That was a long way to come for that for that <laughs> description right there. That was a journey. You could have made it longer. You could have said, <laughs> and then we come back here to see if the other one loves and <laughs> loves it and right. has a place in its heart. Oh, it's season two, episode one right now. Great start to season two. You season. are... Season of run-on sentences. You're That's actively we're doing. <laughs> fighting punctuation this season, I see. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I don't believe in commas or periods. We just keep no it going. No periods, no commas. <laughs> the only punctuation you use are colons and exclamation points. That's it. Yes, quite possibly. So a lot of lists and a lot of yelling. I love it. Well, to kick off season two, I'm bringing you a record from the Get Up Kids. Or, as I want to call them, the Get Up and Get Down with the Sickness Kids. Oh no! no, no, no. <laughs> That's just a joke. I thought right now I, that has that has no relation on my opinions of this record. Okay. I just thought of that at this moment, and that is a funny image in my head. <laughs> What's that dude's name? What's the dude from Disturbed? Do you know his name? I have no idea what his name is. I just pictured four of him playing this music. I don't even know how many members of the the band there are, but I pictured a band of four of him, like of the Get Up Kids. Yeah, like, imagine five. that scene. Okay, imagine walking in and seeing five of the main bald dude with those with the, weird... With the piercings, the double piercings in the lip? Yes. <laughs> that go down to his chin? Yeah, just singing Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I couldn't imagine. So uh, for season two, episode one, I get to bring you a record that we actually kind of touched on season one, episode one. That's how I came to this one, because I went back and listened uh, to our first episode ever just to get the old nostalgia feels for the anniversary uh, episode we did. And I heard a lot of, well, the get up kids and the get up kids, but the get up kids in our first episode. So I thought to kick off season two, I'd give you something to write home about by the get up kids. Was that in relation to a lot of Emery or was it just general conversation? I think it was just general conversation. And then maybe a little bit of like Emery in there. Okay. Um, as you know, 
and I'm sure the listeners at this point know, I barely remember what we said at the beginning of this episode. So (laughs) I do not remember what was said in the first episode at all. Yeah, that's why I had to go back and listen and see what we were talking about. I needed to get an idea and I came away with one. So I'm super happy. Yeah, and now I'm in a panic mode because I, I have no idea what I'm giving you at the end of this. But that's not what I'm here to talk. We're not, we don't need to think <laughs> right. about that yet. I'll panic. I'll panic. Choose one at the end of the episode. Let's For talk sure. about the Get Up Kids. Let's do that. So the Get Up Kids are an American rock band from Kansas City, Missouri, formed in 1995. The band was a major player in the mid '90s Midwest emo scene, otherwise known as the second wave of emo music. They are considered forefathers of the emo genre and have been widely credited as being an influence both with contemporaries like Saves the Day and later bands like Fall Out Boy, Taking Back Sunday, and The Wonder Years. Uh, As they gained prominence, they began touring with bands such as Green Day and Weezer before becoming headliners themselves, eventually embarking on international tours of Japan and Europe. They founded Heroes and Villains Records, an imprint of successful indie rock label Vagrant Records, while the imprint was started in order to release albums by the Get Up Kids, it served as a launching pad for several side projects such as the New Amsterdam's and Reggie in the Full Effect. Have you heard of any of those bands? I've heard of Reggie in the Full Effect. Okay. I Are they still a band currently? They've always been kind of like, here's a record, wait a couple years, here's another record, wait another couple years. I think they just came out with a record two or three years ago. I want to say I recognize at least the cover of like the Adele homage cover. Okay. Was it, was that actually a record like 41? Yeah. yeah. I recognize that. I've seen that record and I may have listened to them. I want to say I may be wrong here, but I also want to say, and you, you may find this very strange that uh, Vincent Bennett of Acacia strain, like the lead vocalist was a giant Reggie in the full effect fan. That it only kind of surprises me, but not really, because Reggie has some certain songs that like are a lot heavier than what you hear on the Get Up Kids. I just I just know like when they were on Warp Tour together, like he wouldn't he didn't miss a set. It was wild. Oh, gotcha. And he would. Well, and, and like they hung out and everything, I guess that. Yeah. Reggie has a lot of like humor based songs, too, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun. Uh, and then they have a lot of like heavier songs. The reason I ask is because I was thinking about giving you a Reggie record eventually. Yeah, there is one I would have heard probably maybe two, but I can't be 100% okay. sure. All right. But there's also I just just speaking of comedy. I don't know if I told you this and this is a weird offshoot of everything. But <laughs> uh, Vincent actually has a comedic kind of side project and it's like straight hardcore and the name of the band's Cock Punch. Oh God! <laughs> but with an exclamation point, so I know you're on board. So there it is. If there's an exclamation point, I'm all about it. The Get Up Kids' second album, Something to Write Home About, which we're talking about today, uh, remains their most widely acclaimed album and is considered to be one of the quintessential albums of the second wave emo movement at the time of recording. What is first wave emo? Like, who is it? The only thing I can think of is like Rites of Spring. What about like the Smiths? I don't know if they're considered that, like, because I think Smiths were more considered like new wave type stuff. But you're right, like they, like Joy Division. Yeah, it's a weird. I, 
I agree By the way, with you. All bands I haven't listened to. <laughs> I, I know all bands that are on the list actually yes. uh, to give you eventually. But yeah, those those bands kind of like are in the same lane, like Smiths, Joy Division, The Cure. Mm-hmm. You could consider the, them emo. I think I, I I wouldn't in my head though. And again, this is me not knowing anything about many of them. I don't put The Cure in that same emo phase though. Although I guess Robert Smith looked emo. If that means anything, yeah. Well. I think the cure were considered gothic is what they, they were considered. Uh, But we've talked about it before. Genre labeling is a weird fucking thing, especially first wave because first wave has to be born out of something else almost. Right. Exactly. It's hard to make that line of when it was, what it inspired it versus what it became. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I don't know where that line is. Like that's, that's fine. Yeah, I you just had the the term second wave emo. I just thought that insinuated you knew what first wave emo was on oh, your notes. No, <laughs> no, I I do surface level research, buddy. There, that's that's <laughs> what we're all about here. That, that's actually not true. But this I, is I, a, this isn't. Are you researching? This is. Are you listening? One hundred percent. At the time of recording, the band consisted of guitarist, vocalist Matt Pryor, guitarist and vocalist Jim Suptic, bassist Rob Pope. Drummer Ryan Pope, and was the first time James DeWeese, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, appeared as the keyboardist on a Get Up Kids LP. Now, the band has had a few changes in the lineup, but mostly just being drummer position. Like, right. I think that's changed like four times. Uh, and James wasn't a part of the first record they put out, Four Minute Mile was the name of it. And then he left the band in 2019 after their record problems. But in between, there was a gap of time, I think between uh, 2005 and I want to say like 2012, maybe that the band just didn't do anything. I just looked up first wave emo bands real quick. I was paying attention. Do not scold. No, me. you're good. You're good. Uh, you said rights of spring, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's in there, but I, there's 13 bands on this page. That's one of them. I don't recognize any of these bands. Who are they? I'm curious if I know them. Uh, Rites of Spring, Rain, the American band, it says. So apparently there is okay. a different Rain. It looks like First Wave Emo grew out of the DC hardcore scene. Hardcore scene. Yeah, Rites of Spring were DC hardcore band. So the other bands are One Last Wish, Native Nod, Moss Icon, Hoover, Gray Matter, Fire Party, The Faith, Embrace, Drive Like Jehu, Dag Nasty, and Beefeater. I know Dag Nasty. That's the only other band I know in that list. Rides of Spring and Dag Nasty. Dag Nasty, they're kind of more pop punky. Okay. And I really dig. They're, they have a record called Wig Out at Denko's that I'm a really big fan of that I think is actually on the list for you already. And then there's another quick article that I saw that says bands like Sunny Day Real Estate, Piebald, Cap and Jazz, and The Promise Ring. They tidied up their gnarlier edges of that early email sound and then amped up the emotion in the process. Wait, so those bands that you just listed are supposed to be part of the first wave? I think. Or they just helped it evolve. Like maybe they're not considered emo bands. They just helped the sound. I don't understand. Okay. Again, well, genres uh, are wild. Cap and Jazz and The Promise Ring share the same vocalist and guitarist. Okay. And I know them really well. I really, really like Promise Ring. They're really lo-fi recordings of their records, though. So 
Mm, sounds like something right up my alley. Yeah, we're mixing <laughs> get up kids with pavement. I'm sure it's. <laughs> I'm aware of piebald. I own a piebald record. I I've heard a little bit of them, never a full project or anything. Yeah, I don't care enough to bring it to you. Yeah, it no, it's just fine. like I got it for a really good deal. Right. All right. I'm sorry. Back to get up, kids. Now that we're over this first wave emo situation, I apologize to everyone. No, you're good. I was curious about that anyway, so I didn't know what first wave emo looked like aside from Rites of Spring. And I may be wrong. That was just first page Google result. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I that don't works. Know. <laughs> that's what, that's how we research. It works. Yeah. <laughs> are you uh, researching? Some, are you researching? <laughs> Something to Write Home About was released September 28th, 1999. It was the band's second full-length release and received generally, generally, oh God, generally favorable reviews from critics uh, with many praising the songwriting. 99 is definitely earlier than I thought it was. Like I, I, a lot of, yeah, a lot of this, everything you said now makes sense. Because it was, you said that it was like inspiring all this later stuff. But yeah. 99, I, I don't hear 99 in this at all. Like it definitely sounds way later than 99. I remember being in my senior year at high school and at the time, CD Discmans were the thing. And along with Discmans came CD binders. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember in school, in class, I think maybe before class or something like that, I was flipping through a girl's CD binder and saw this CD, but not having heard it before. Like, I just remember flipping through it and seeing the picture of on the CD. I think it was a robot, a robot and the Get Up Kids title on it. She wasn't doing the thing where she slid the booklet into the the CD book. No, it was just the CD. Okay. And it was before I was listening to Get Up Kids, but after I got into them and bought the CD. I was like, Oh, I remember seeing this in so-and-so's CD binder back Mm -hmm. in the day. So that was, that was a funny realization when that happened, but I kind of missed the days of CD binders. I still have my big one somewhere. I don't know where it is though. It might be, it might be a terrace car. She doesn't even have a CD player. I don't have a CD player. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's just went from like, (laughs) like it's been, it was in a car that had a CD player. And then when you buy a new car, everything from your car kind of just goes into the new car and it, yeah. that's just where it resides. Some of them might be melted at this point. It gets pretty hot. Oh no, that's sad. <laughs> I mean, I haven't listened to a CD in right. Actually, I can, I can pinpoint the last time I bought and listened to a CD. Oh yeah. It, it was probably seven years ago. Now I found an old hit parader magazine. Oh, and it was like 100 albums you must listen to or something like oh, sure. I love I love lists. So I'm, I'm going to go listen to all these fucking records. Yeah. And all of them could be found up to a point. And then I hit this record by Godhead and it was Evolver. I think that was the name of it. And it, it wasn't streaming. It wasn't on YouTube. You couldn't find it anywhere. It was nowhere. But I bought the record. It was like two bucks on eBay. And nice. it came. And I did not miss listening to CDs. Like I did not miss find <laughs> having to hunt down a CD player and listen to a CD. And the album, I would argue, doesn't need to be on that list. Oh no! Well, how high on the list was it? Oh, it was like eighty. Okay. So yeah, that that's towards the end of the list, and you're like, eh, maybe it doesn't need to be listened to. Well, I started at the bottom. So yeah. like I started a hundred and I, I bet you in the first 20, there were probably 10 that I disagreed with, but sure. again, 
I, I, I some of them might be like, okay, I get it, but the the Godhead one, I was like, I don't know. This is this definitely is not for me. <laughs> this was not, not worth the battle. <laughs> like you think Hit Parader is going to be a specific genre or arena of genres, and then yeah. you get something that isn't that, and you're like, oh, other people read Hit Parader apparently. Cool. <laughs> The album was a commercial success, selling over 100,000 copies and peaking at number 31 on the Billboard Heat Seekers Albums chart. Publications such as Kerrang, LA Weekly, and NME, among others, have included the album on their best of lists for the emo and pop punk genres. Uh, the album was the first major breakthrough for Vagrant Records and made the Get Up Kids the label's flagship band, attracting other artists to sign with them. Yeah, it was a big, big record when it came out. Bigger than I realized, I guess. What ends up being Vagrant's big band? Because I'm aware of Vagrant Records, but what is their like major thing? The Get Up Kids, apparently, at the time. Yeah, I'm just I, wondering if they had another band because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known Vagrant Records from the Get Up Kids. Obviously, I was a big Vagrant Records fan, but I, I remember a lot of bands being on that uh, on that label. Maybe Balance and Composure is what I know them from. Okay. That's what I know Vagrant Records for. I know that. Eels are on there. I know you're an Eels, Eels fan. Yep, Eels. I know the Hold Steady. I know the 1975. I've never heard the 1975. Alkaline was on there. Alex is on fire. The anniversary. Oh, hold on. Maybe if I wasn't looking at just current bands. Yeah, look at the old, like the former bands. There's a lot on there. Dashboard, Face to Face, From Autumn to Ashes. I listened to The Bled. Probably From Autumn to Ashes is one of them that really got me. The hippos, oh, hot horse, horse the band, horse the band. Come there on, you go. that's how yeah. I know them. Yeah, you know horse the band, right? I do. They play like fucking Nintendo Core, crazy. Wow, Nick- wow. Yeah, yeah. Protest the I hero. I a lot of these bands. Moni, I listen to Monine, Murder by Death. Thrice is probably one of the big ones too. Yeah. Thrice senses fail saves the day. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. yeah. My bad. I. I. Yeah. Okay. Continue. <laughs> No, no, you're good. I was I couldn't remember who was on that on that label either, but there's a lot that I was listening to uh from that label. I remember Vagrant having a tour, just a, a record label tour that would pop by like every other year or every year. And all those bands were on the tour. I remember that being awesome. The reissue of Something to Write Home About landed the album back in the charts in 2015, ranking at number 16 on Billboard's U.S. Vinyl Albums chart. I didn't know there was a vinyl albums chart. <laughs> I, wa- I didn't either. Man, I'm that might be... Oh, I don't need to do that. I was going to say, that might be something I start <laughs> to keep an eye on. I don't need to be doing that, though. I'm curious about that, too, though. I wonder if it's just mixed in now. Because, like, was there a downloads chart before it got mixed in with everything? I don't know. If it's just and- part of the sales, then? And yeah, like even if there's a vinyl chart, do, do they still count the vinyl as sales, or is it just like a specific? This is only vinyl, or does vinyl count towards the sales? Billboard does anything they want; it doesn't matter. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they, they just come up with about us. a bunch of lists yes. just to mess with us. And I appreciate it though, because if they didn't have that many, I wouldn't find what I want most of the time. So <laughs> right, let them have it. Yeah. So I got a few things that I added to the notes here. Just things from different bands talking about the Get Up Kids. So we used to do like publication reviews on the albums Mm -hmm. early on in our podcasting. So I thought I'd do this as something a little bit different just because I found it. So Fall Out Boy bassist Pete Wentz has stated, 
there should be a how to be a pop punk kid starter kit with bands like Get Up Kids. So kids would know whose shoulders bands like us are standing on. Fall Out Boy would not be a band if it were not for the Get Up Kids. That was posted in Alternative Press. Yeah, Considering that this came out in 99, I can't disagree with that. Yeah. Blink-182 bassist and singer Mark Hoppus is a vocal fan, having proposed to his wife to the Get Up Kids song, I'll Catch You. So does this mean... Yeah. That we need to add the Get Up Kids and Jimmy World into our <laughs> potential future Blink-182 universe draft. If we did that, there might not be a Blink-182 record drafted in that draft. I mean, from one of us, there's still would be. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, but no, we will not do that. The Canadian post-hardcore band Silverstein has cited the Get Up Kids as a major influence and covered their song Coming Clean for a split 7-inch with August Burns Red in 2013. I've heard that. That's wild. I didn't that Coming Clean track? I didn't know it was a cover. Yeah. Claudio Sanchez of Coheed and Cambria cited Something to Write Home About as one of the albums that the band listened to during the recording of their breakout album In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. From all these names that you're reading and yeah. all these things that like take them as this big influence it's mm-hmm. almost like get up kids are the son of your universe like everything <laughs> that they have spawned is your favorite they are a big they are a big part of my life like i i love get up kids there is only one record of theirs that i absolutely can't stand um and i can't don't listen before. to not even not listen not even not like can't stand i yeah, know it's terrible it is oh. terrible oh no it was the first record that came back after 2005, after that break, and I felt okay. like they had to let James DeWeese do whatever the hell he wanted on this record, because the oh. keyboards on it were just ridiculous and super annoying, and the songwriting did not make up for it. I, I think the record's even called uh, There Are No Rules or something like that. I like keyboards. I'm a, I'm a keyboard fan. I I am not like I I am a keyboard fan, but not this kind of keyboard. It it was unlistenable. I've listened <laughs> to the record a total of two times. The first time, right when it came out, picked it up, listened to it, didn't like it. Second time, I bought it on vinyl because it was the Get Up Kids. Spun it, hated it even more. Got rid of the record. Oh, you didn't even keep it. No, it got taken to Second and Charles. Do you have records in your collection that you hate? I try not to. Like if I if I go through them, like I have 1200 records right now. If I go through them, I'm sure there are some there that I could pick out and be like I really probably don't need this. I I don't mean don't need. I mean like hate. Like an album that you hate that you have for some reason. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I do. I, I have a I lot do. of stuff. I have Nothing a lot of stuff that I hate. I could like cut down. I could I could definitely get yeah. rid of a chunk of my Motown shit. I don't need 300 Motown records. <laughs> right. But I don't know if I don't know if I have anything I actively hate. I don't think so either. But I think if I have anything that I hate, that's what I take to get traded money for. Yeah. Yeah, the benefits of second and Charles, I guess. 100%. <laughs> and then I have one more, a little bit of a callback, Dan Campbell, also known as Soupy. From the Wonder Years. Here we go. (laughs) Has cited the band as one of the artists who made him want to become a musician. 
going so far as to name his company after the Get Up Kids track Forgive and Forget from their album uh, Eudora. In a 2010 interview with Alternative Press, Campbell said, I don't think I listen to any band more than I listen to the Get Up Kids. They really influence my songwriting too. Every time I hear a Get Up Kids song, I think, oh, that's really creative or that's really cool that they did that. So Soupy is a big fan. All these bands, I mean, mine is Silverstein. I don't know if I hear tons of Get Up Kids and Silverstein. Yeah. But the rest of them that you mentioned, yeah, I 100%. You, they, they wouldn't have the sound they would if they didn't like Get Up Kids. Yeah. It's pretty awesome that a single band can have that kind of, I don't want to call it legacy, but like reach. So why can't anybody give Deftones their credit then? Why I'm... won't ever anybody say this shit about Deftones <laughs> when they've been doing it how long? Forever. Since 88, right? Yeah. We same. talked about that in the draft yeah, since 88. They formed the same year as Nirvana. Yeah. That's all the notes I have for the record. I do have our, our fun time with our Billboard charts and stuff, so we'll just jump into that. Our Billboard 200, week of September 25th, 1999. Starting off at number five, we have one of your favorites, Kid Rock's Devil Without a Cause. I Oh, listen, I was going to call it. <laughs> like, when I think 99, I yeah. know Devil Without a Cause came out. Hearkening back to an older... Not order. I mean, a very recent conversation we just had on this very episode. I might hate that record, but I also <laughs> love that record. Right. And I own that record. Yeah. I don't know, man. That He's such a tough thing for me. It's so hard to quantify listening to even that record now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm also going to call what what was the month this came out? This was uh, September. September. Okay, so I'm going to I'm just going to call this. There's a chance this is out already, but I don't think so cuz I I know it was the I know it was the number 1 song the last week of 99. Mm-hmm. But Cisco's Thong Song came out in 99, which is insane because when you see Cisco or think of Thong Song, nothing screams 2000 or the millennium more than his <laughs> platinum hair and his dragon right like that is yeah. 2000 to the bone the fact For that sure. cisco's thong song was a 90s hit is insane to me yeah that's crazy coming in at number four we have santana with supernatural how do you feel about santana's guitar playing i think when he first came out when his career first started it was pretty groundbreaking and impressive over time, it became more poppy as well documented on Supernatural, this record, with like Rob Thomas on it. And that song's a 10, by the way. I take that song all day. I love that song, Smooth with Rob Thomas. Yeah. I fucking love that song. But Santana, I get that he's talented, but his guitar playing has always bored me. I was just like, yeah. okay, all right. Well, you're not a huge like guitar solo guy, and that's really all he does. I was when I was younger, I think, just because maybe I thought I was supposed to be. So I guess I never really was. I guess I never truly was a guitar guy. Yeah. Coming in at number three, we have the self-titled album from Christina Aguilera. Genie in a bottle, baby. Is that off of that one? I mean, that's her first single. I imagine that gets her first big single. I imagine it's off that. Yeah, I feel like that would have came out earlier. It feels like it would have came out earlier, but I guess not. Yeah, no, because wasn't she like one of the later pop like Mickey Mouse artists to come out? It's it's off. Yeah, it's off that first one. It's off that first record. 
But yeah, she was like Brittany was heavily popping off when she emerged. So yeah. people were that's why the comparison still exists to this day is because Brittany was already popping off. And then Christina came and everybody was like, oh, it's just a Britney Spears knockoff. Right. And then Christina showed everybody that she truly does have a wildly amazing voice. <laughs> yeah. A little a little too heavy on the vocal range running, but that's all the right. runs. Yeah. Listen. I love jokes of runs with Christina Aguilera. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like a very specific comedy for me that works. Like anytime there's a run, if Christina Aguilera gets brought up, it makes me laugh like an idiot. <laughs> Coming in at number two, we have the Backstreet Boys Millennium. At, at number two, the only yeah. thing to beat it out is an NSYNC record, right? I don't know. I'll no. tell you right now. <laughs> it's the Dixie Chicks with Fly. Wow. That Millennium record. I may have owned four times on CD. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like and and then I know my cousin probably owned it three times at least. But that 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 thing had so much play. I'm a Backstreet Boys guy from way back. Love yeah. It. I was a Backstreet Boys guy before an Unsync guy. Wait, so what are you now? Yeah, I'm probably still a Backstreet Boys guy, but I don't okay. like play that game where I can't listen to the other. Like I still sure. love Unsync. Yeah. yeah. But I think I think if I had to set my flag in a camp. It would be Backstreet Boys. I've never listened to a Dixie Chicks record. Me neither. Sorry, the Chicks. I've never listened to a The Chicks record. Well, at the time of this being released, they were the Dixie Chicks. So we will call them what they were. Coming in at number seven, Significant Other by Limp Bizkit. Oh, yeah. Now we're, <laughs> now we're talking. Number nine, Juvenile came out with 400 Degrees. It's a, that's a pretty big record. They repressed yeah. that a couple years ago, and it, it sold really well then, too. I wonder what the vinyl chart said for that when it came, when they repressed it on vinyl. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, number 22, we have Cold Chamber with Chamber Music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like a lot of this 99 music, but like yeah. a lot of the shit that people weren't listening to. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Cold Chamber. And, well, I guess people were listening well, to it. It was at 22. 10. Yeah. Well, top 20, top 30. I guess yeah. still people listening to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number 29. Blink-182 with Enema of the State. That must have been falling at this point. Because I would think that, so. That album was a monster. Yeah. It had like yeah. six hits on it. It had six singles, I think. Yeah, it was gigantic. I think that's their biggest I record. I think so. Yeah. I know Take Off Your Pants and Jacket did a lot, but I don't know if it did Enema of the State numbers. Yeah, I don't think so. And then I, I got one towards the bottom, because we like to know what just barely squeaked in. Coming in at 191, we have... Wisconsin Death Trip by Static X. Yeah, I love that record. <laughs> I, I love Static X, period. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I Did that ever get higher? Or was that like, is that the first week? I don't know. All right. That's fair. I, I'm, I was just, I just impressed that it was on the 200 at all, honestly. I know it actually sold well, though. And especially if Cold Chamber's up that high, I bet you Wisconsin Death Trip went higher at a certain point. That's a possibility. Because Cold Chamber being that high seems wild. That was wild to me. That's why I wrote it down. I was like, 22? Are you serious? <laughs> Man, now I might I might have a record to give you now. I don't know. We'll see what happens at the end of this episode. Gotcha. Uh, the number one song of September 28th, 1999, TLC's Unpretty. I don't, I don't even know if I know which one that is. I slightly remember it, but I think maybe because of the video. Oh, I definitely remember the video. Yeah. And I owned this CD. I owned fan mail on CD. That was the weird, like, uh, digital 
like chrome looking faces on that CD, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the one with no scrubs on it. Oh, gotcha. Which was the reason I got it. Yeah. So I definitely know the song because I had the CD and I listened to that thing nonstop. <laughs> I was a big TLC guy for a while. Yeah. You're a big 99 guy for a while, it seems. Apparently. There's a lot yeah. of 99 shit that I was into. Maybe it's because yeah. I was so impressionable at 99. Although yeah. I wasn't listening to Cold Chamber in 99. I wasn't listening right. to Wisconsin Death Trip in 99. Like it True. took a few years for that to get to me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the pop stuff in 99, because I was nine. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what pop was made for. Like they, they started aiming it at that point. Right. Well, I got um, a list of albums that were released September 99. Being released on September 2nd, we have Amon Amarth with The Avenger. I couldn't separate two Amon Amarth records. I have never listened to one, but they're a band they're that I've all... been wanting to get into. And as far as I recall, every cover looks the same, too. Like, it's orange. Like, every color, every cover, <laughs> like, orange with flames on it. I could be 100% wrong, but that's just the thought in my head that I have. Right. I just, like, when it comes to that brand of music like nordic death metal or black metal there's so much research that has to go into the band specifically before i'm allowed to listen to it without feeling horrible about myself i that think i'm just Mark an okay it. one i think yeah. they're an okay one i think so too but like i said i gotta look into it more and they do rip pretty hard like they do yeah. rip pretty fucking hard yeah they're like viking death metal type stuff yeah yeah. yeah, like adventure stuff, yeah. fantasy stuff, which would be like right up my alley. But I have to deep dive into their history and all the band members before I can do that. You ended up listening to that one band, that one record by Finn Troll that I told you about years ago, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, that would have been a hell of an episode. Yeah. Jakin's Tid. Was that the name of the record? Was that the name of it? I think that was the name of the record because they yeah. were they're they're Finnish and they sing in Swedish or they're Swedish and they sing in Finnish one or the it was other. One or the other, yeah. And it's like very folky. There's like accordions and shit. Yeah, I, I was digging it, but I I couldn't understand it. No, yeah, you can't. No, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's different language. One hundred percent. Being released on September seventh, the aforementioned Cold Chamber Chamber music. Uh, we have. Yeah agnostic front releasing riot riot upstart where are you at agnostic front they're another one of those bands that like i feel like i have to research before i listen to them because i'm not 100 percent sure they uh i believe they may have been started as like a and i may be completely wrong but i always did feel like they may have had their upbringing in like that skinhead music that, type of shit. I thought too yeah now i i've listened to, to a lot of agnostic front probably five or six records. And I, I like a lot of tracks from Agnostic Front, but I've also been uncomfortable at times not knowing exactly yeah, like what, what they're saying. Because I also know that like skinhead music wasn't exactly Nazi music. It was an attempt to like take back skinhead. And like, it was all about like workers rights and unions and shit. Yeah. I feel like you need to be part of that scene to even understand what was happening. Right. And yeah, I'm just, like, it's so closely tied to like neo-Nazi skinhead stuff that I'm just like, I don't know if I even want to touch this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a few tracks that I like by them, but even a full record, I don't know if I've ever went into a full record of theirs and been like, that's real good. I've just liked right. a lot of track. Yeah. Also released on the seventh, Hank Williams, the third rise and outlaw. 
Good old Hank three. Have you ever listened to Hank three? I've listened to Hank three. Yeah. He is not his father. He's not his grandfather. No, he is. Yeah. A buddy uh, of mine, Andy and I went to go see that show and it was in the middle of, I think it was actually Hank three set Two dude. We were up on the balcony and two dudes down on the floor got into some kind of pushing match or something. One dude reared back with a beer bottle and just busted it over a guy's head. It was wild. And they're outlaws. They don't care. They're outlaws. Dude, it was crazy. And then, like, Hank's, I don't know that it was his punk band or, like, metal band that went on after that. But the singer of that band ended up breaking a beer bottle on the drum riser and then stabbing himself with it multiple times. That's my kind of show. That was the closest to a G.G. Allen show that I'm ever going to get. That's my kind of show right there. I wish I'd have been there. That's my kind of shit. Dude, it was it was nuts. And like throughout the whole thing, Andy and I were looking at each other like, what the hell is going on? This is insane. <laughs> Imagine the people that saw Hank Williams and came to the show thinking it was his father. Right. right. Like I was just here for some good old boy music and I'm getting this oh, weird it, shit. It was not that. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. in it was intense. Shout out to yeah, Andy. Hank three. That was weird. Yeah. Hank three is different. Hank yeah. three is different. Yeah. Coming out on the 14th, we got Iggy Pop with Avenue B. I've never listened to Iggy Pop. We've had conversations before about how, like, I don't know where Iggy Pop fits in with, like, punk music and just, like, music in general. Like, I don't understand. Like, he's yeah. just seemed to always exist, but he's never really existed. I don't know. It's he's, a weird thing. He's early on in the punk scene. Yeah. Uh, Stooges. Yeah. I might bring you an Iggy record because I feel like it's something you have to listen to. Let me know what one it is. You'll have to ask me because I may have listened to one. I got to look at album covers because okay. there was a time where I was like, oh, what haven't I listened to? And then I tried maybe. But... Okay. All right. I'll take a look at what I have and then uh, I'll let you know. I'll look, I'll look at album covers and tell you if I recognize any. Okay. Um, also on the 14th, we have Eve with Rough Riders First Lady. Man, Eve could do it, man. Like Eve yeah. was a hell of a rapper. I have... I have Eva Destruction on vinyl, like original pressing. It's one of my fucking prized possessions. Okay. I've never listened to an Eve record. I, you know me and female hip hop artists. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. aware. <laughs> uh, also on the 14th, I don't know if you got into this band, but I feel like it's something, something you might have listened to. Dope with Felons hmm. and Revolutionaries. I don't know that particular album, but yeah. Yeah, I was a dope guy for a while. I yeah. definitely, regrettably, I, I was a dope guy for a while. <laughs> I had a feeling. But, but at least, I mean, I know dope guys now, and it's a weird thing. It's oh, a yeah. real weird thing. And, but also, weird connection to another record that we mentioned earlier. Uh, Edsel Dope is the lead singer of Static X now. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. And he wears a Wayne Static skin mask and hair. That's it's weird. fucking insane. It's <laughs> insane. Weird. But they were like best friends, I guess. And like his wife signed off on it. So, oh, OK, you know. as long as it's all right. Well, he I'm doesn't go by, like he doesn't go by Edsel Dope or anything like it, it was a secret for a while of who it was. Oh, OK, because nobody really knew. But then, you know, you see him out there, how he plays the guitar down by his fucking ankles. And you're like, oh, that's fucking Edsel Dope. <laughs> I know who that is. <laughs> uh, coming out on the 21st, we have. Our Lady Peace with Happiness is not a fish that you can catch. Not a band that has ever appealed to me or done anything for me. 
Gotcha. I don't know that record. It's just one I remember seeing the cover for. Old man okay. holding like a big salmon or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, we also have Adam Sandler releasing Stan and Judy's Kid. Was that his? Oh, which comedy record was that? Because if we're being honest, that might yeah. be something else I had on CD. Yeah. I think the cover was just a black and white photo of his parents. Oh, yep. No, I know the front is like him black and white, like with his knuckles up. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Yeah. This thing was huge for me. Was it? <laughs> like hot, hot water burn baby is the first track. I remember that. Wow. This is wow. This is insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this ruined me as a 10 year old. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, this this could probably be why my humor was so strange when I was a child. It could be this exact record. Mm-hmm. Wow, That's I funny. might re-listen to that this week. <laughs> what if I brought you a comedy record? I'd be down. Man, I'd be hard to do. I would just be talking about jokes, but... I'm not bringing you that Adam Sandler. I can't. It's, it might be too embarrassing for me when I remember gotcha. how much I liked things and be like, oh, no, this is so... This is I'm just cringing <laughs> left and right on this. Right. Also on the 21st, we have Typo Negative with World Coming Down. I don't know what record that is, but I definitely listened to Typo Negative for a while. It is it is now too slow and monotonous for me. Yeah, I never, never listened to Typo Negative. His voice was insane. I'll give him that. Was it? it absolutely unreal, the voice that that dude had. But yeah, there was a very brief stint when I... Okay, I was a type of negative guy for less time than I was a dope guy, and I'm not proud oh, of it. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, one last one for the 21st. We have Nine Inch Nails with The Fragile. I don't know what one that is. I may have listened to it. It's It was a double album they came out with, and I loved it. I'd have to see what the actual CDs look like, because if you recall, all of the Nine Inch Nails records I had weren't in, they were just in a CD book. So I'd have yeah. to see what the actual CD looked like. Right. I don't remember off the top of my head. But I remember loving The Fragile. It was great. Released on the 22nd, Underground Volume 2, Club Memphis by 3-6 Mafia. Yeah, as I've always said, any 3-6 <laughs> Mafia record is fine with me. Yep, I, every time I see it on the list, I was like, oh, got to write that down. Perfect, that's all I need. All I need <laughs> is a little window in there. Uh, released on the 28th, we have Method Man and Red Man with Blackout. Yeah, I haven't heard Blackout in a long time. I think I have Blackout 2. On vinyl, but I, I haven't heard Blackout, the first Blackout in a long time. Those Man. dudes were always great together. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we have Garth Brooks with Garth Brooks in The Life of Chris Gaines. I've never listened to a full Garth Brooks record. You haven't? I kind of feel the need to bring you one. I feel like I'd love it. So I recently found four Garth Brooks records on vinyl that I picked up. There were four available at Ollie's for like yeah. 10 bucks. Yeah, they were got them? eight dollars a piece. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to get them because I was just like, I don't know if I care. Have you ever seen? Oh, my God, I'm giving you homework. Have you ever <laughs> seen the video of him? Like the first video he ever posted to Facebook? Oh, you told me about it like a couple episodes ago. OK, yeah. Did I send it to you? No. OK, I will after this episode. Because OK, holy hell. Yeah, you were telling me all about it. Yeah, it was crazy. Also released on the 28th, we have the Dillinger Escape Plan with Calculating Infinity. I don't know if I listened to that one. I listened to a couple, but I don't yeah. know if that's one of them. They're faint. I love that band. We've talked about them before. They're just amazing. I always confuse them with, there's another band. Dillinger 4? No, it, I mean, maybe a bit then, but I think Every Time I Die and Dillinger Escape Plan are always in the same vein. In my oh, head. gotcha. Yeah. On the 28th, we have Creed with Human Clay. 
Okay, I don't have another Creed song. <laughs> I only know those two that I've sung in back-to-back episodes. I don't have any more. So. I'm, I'm baiting you every single episode I can. Yeah, I, I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing for that. I have one more that was released in September. On September 29th, we have Dark Throne with Ravishing Grimness. I know I've listened to a, a couple, but I yeah, don't know they, what Dark Throne record I listened to. I had to do research on this band to make sure I was okay with listening to them. Uh, they did have some some shady, grimy shit that happened early on in the career, but have since then taken it back, apologized, and moved on. Yeah, uh most of those black metal bands have shady, grimy shit because that's just the, and well, I'm not taking, I'm not taking blame away from them, but that's right. what the environment of their surroundings was. Right. And they were, they were so closely knit at that time that mm-hmm. one bad apple spoiled the whole bunch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have one dude that kind of has his fingers into every, everything in that scene being, super racist and neo-Nazi and it kind of gives a bad name to everybody else. Yeah. But by all means, let's go listen to some Burzum. No, God, no. Fucking awful. We can't do that. (laughs) Awful dude. Awful music. Just, yeah. (laughs) Terrible, terrible dude. But that's all I have for notes and charts and releases. Let's get into the get up kids. Something to write home about starting with track. Number one holiday. Brand, what's your thoughts on holiday? You you will see a theme rising through my notes at a certain point. And okay. I'll talk about that more when I get there. Sure. But for holiday, I thought they may be British at first. Oh, okay. Like when I saw holiday, because mm-hmm. I because that's what the Brits call vacation. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, this track should have been titled Holidays because that's what it is. It's about holidays, not going on holiday. It's a completely right. different vibe to me. <laughs> One thing I noticed though is the very first vocals I hear on a record of a band I never heard before are very important. Sure. Like if those if those very first vocals don't sit with me, mm-hmm. I, I have an aversion oh, that I have no. to fight for the rest of the record. These ones didn't hurt. I like okay. them. Okay, good. Oh good. <laughs> they came in hot and they weren't entirely pleasing at the beginning, but by the time they hit their the chorus that reminded me of uh like MCR's uh, Helena, mm-hmm. like it was like kind of similar words, like good night and goodbye or something. Like I was yeah. just like, oh, oh, what's this now? What's going on over here? Right. Uh, I, I I understood the vibe of the vocals and I was in. Like I, I okay. liked them. It didn't it didn't turn me off. I didn't have an aversion to the vocals. I love how this just kicks off the record. It kicks it off hard with that string with that string slide and just into it. It comes in heavy. It comes yeah. in heavy for well, he- I mean heavy's relative in this. Time. Yeah, I mean, we're we're as we've been talking about, they're like the godfathers of second wave emo. <laughs> yeah, uh, so heavy is in that. starting off a record that kind of vibe. Yeah, is is definitely heavy for the genre. I think this track being here is better than if it would have popped up later and turned and changed because the sound is a the vocals are a bit. Hmm, what's the word I'm looking for here? They're a little more intensely given, like they're delivered a little more intensely than the next couple right, tracks. Then a couple of songs, so, yeah. I think if we would have started a different way and then went to this intensity and then left the intensity, it would have hurt the album for me. But I think gotcha. it was a good opener. Good. Uh, next up, action and action. I feel like I've heard this opening riff 
on I don't know 400 songs like it just it just <laughs> seems like a very common riff and that might just be their influence on all those yeah. bands though I got some something corporate vibes in here okay no none of the bands that you mentioned did I bring up in what I hear in this because as I've said before when I it's something new all I hear all I can relate it to is bands I'm familiar with so sure. I hear I yeah. heard a lot of different vibes here which are probably bands that were also inspired by them because they were such a the godfathers of second wave <laughs> fucking emo right but i love something corporate so that was fine like if i get some something corporate <laughs> vibes i'll take those all day long sure there's also some sounds on this track that remind me of yellow card okay which is wild because i know you don't like yellow card the only the only reason i don't like yellow card is because they force that damn violin into every song and every inch of every song it drives me nuts but when I say yellow card sounds, that's what I'm talking about. Like there's sounds in here that are doing the same thing that yellow cards violin does. I think so, it's the the keyboards. I think it's James Dewey's on the keyboards. Probably. On this, on this song in particular. Yeah. It's still just doing the same thing though. Sure. And then this name will pop up a bunch because this was the overall band that I heard way more in this. And that's Armor for Sleep. I don't know I'm, if it's the... The vocal sound, I don't yeah. know if it's just all of it together, but I heard so much armor for sleep in these guys. I love I love that band, too. I know you do. That's that's, that's right. another reason why I was like, oh, he, that that's definitely somewhere in there. Their first record was one of my favorites. It's amazing. Which I had to look up uh, because I wanted to see how far after this record that came out. And it was like 2002 or 2001, I think. Yeah, it was it was a it was definitely later. Yeah. But I liked this track. I liked the action in action. Fantastic. Next up, we have Valentine. We have a bit of a slower opener, and I mm -hmm. appreciate it. I don't. That, that's not something that would normally happen, and I don't know why I appreciated it. This band, <laughs> this band, made me think differently about a lot of things that I would normally not make sense. <laughs> okay. Heavy yellow card vibes on this one. Like I heard sure. some serious violin that could have been like if right. you. Okay, if yellow card turned their violin into a keyboard. You'd be I'd fine. probably be for it. I'd probably be for it. Apparently, <laughs> weird, so weird. So weird. Uh, vocals really reminded me of Armor for Sleep again. Mm -hmm. This is a point where I'm starting to. I, I I actively dislike dissecting this album. Okay. Like I I listening to this thing because I I know you do your notes early on, like when you're listening. Yeah. I don't do my notes until like I'll listen to it 10, 15 times. Okay. That's a little exaggeration. I'll listen to it like five or six times. And I don't do my notes till like a day or two before we record. Right. I liked every one of these tracks. I, I had a great time, enjoyed them all sonically, liked the whole album. Once I started dissecting this, I, I actively hated doing it because I was oh, dissecting okay. it. And I was, I don't know if it, if my neutral is to find something wrong, Right, right. But every time I started dissecting, I was like, well, this is this and this. I'm just like, stop. Like, I enjoyed this. So yeah. focus on what you enjoy. And then I still couldn't. Like, as I'm dissecting it, I'm finding things. I'm looking for problems in things I had zero problems with before. <laughs> I still really liked this track, though. But this okay. is where I started to be like, stop. Like, stop right. it. Why, why are you dissecting this like the stop? But it's because we have a fucking show to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Extract. When I do my notes, I usually do like a first listen kind of notes. I like to get my first reaction to it. And then if my opinions change, you know, five, six listens in, I'll go and write like amendments to my notes. 
Yeah. See, I just keep all my notes mentally until I'm like ready for a listen through dissection for notes. And then that's yeah, so. when it all, that's when it all came tumbling down for this. One. <laughs> oh no. Next up we have red letter day. I wrote down. Okay. This album is quicksand. Oh no. I really liked this track before diving into this. Mm-hmm. scrutinizing it and reading the lyrics. I don't know what the aim or the intent is. I don't understand. I was thinking Scarlet Letter for a while because Red oh, Letter yeah. Day. Right. Now, Red Letter Day is a saying that was used for like a memorable day or something. Yeah. Yep. And I, I really, I really like this track. Like listening to it the first four or five times listening to this album, I was like, I love that track. It's great. And then once yeah. I started scrutinizing it and reading the lyrics, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Out of Reach. Acoustic track, which is a nice change. How many times would I ever say that? That doesn't Not sound like ever. something I would say. Doesn't <laughs> sound like something I would say at all. Yeah. I got uh, Rise Against sounds. Uh, this this reminded me of like a Rise Against track a lot. Okay. Some voice inflections really reminded me of Forever the Sickest Kids. Like the way some things were sung. Reminded sure. me of Forever the Sickest Kids. I love Forever the Sickest Kids. So again, yeah. there's a lot of things in here that I'm finding that I love. And that's just probably because they influenced it. Yeah. There's also some something corporate sounding harmonies that really add to it for me. I really, really like this track. Oh, fantastic. Next up, we have 10 minutes. Yellow card opening. <laughs> so- it sounds like a yellow card song. I have zero problems even dissecting this. I love it. Everything will work out. I love it. Even if it's said in a way of like, everything will work out. You're lying to yourself. Whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever. I'm fine. I, I, I liked 10 minutes a lot. I was a big fan of it. Next up, the company dime. The beginning of this song sounds like a mess to me. It's like two okay. songs are playing at the same time. And it's just, there's a mess in there. I, it mm-hmm. doesn't work at all for me. Uh, it does hit its groove at a certain point and it's fine, but it never really recovered from the weird intro for me. It yeah. This one like, songs playing yeah this is one of the early examples of james deweese just trying to let loose on keyboards and kind of kind of not feeling the vibe in my opinion but once it starts going once the song starts getting into its groove i i kind of forget about the intro a little bit yeah, it, it never recovered for me. It does. It definitely hits its groove. But that yeah. that moment of that beginning where I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Did they like lay over another track on this accidentally? Like what's happening? Right. Yeah, it, it's definitely that wouldn't would make sense. That wouldn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. Next up, my apology. I really fuck with this one. I yeah. like this track a lot. The the words that I read and rewrite. Like I read, love that. Like, I, I, I thought it was a great fucking line. Yeah. I love that line. There are so many quotables on like all these songs. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a lot to say about this just because I don't want to keep digging and find something I dislike. That's how <laughs> much I like this track. Well, that's good. Uh, next up we have I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel. That's a Pee Wee Herman quote, right? Maybe it is. I thought it was a much older quote but yeah peewee's big adventure see that's where i got it that that's what i thought of immediately because he said he said that's what he says to her he says i'm a loney dotty a rebel i thought it was a wild one but maybe i'm wrong apparently i'm wrong because it keeps talking about peewee herman so all i did was kept trying to hear peewee herman sing this song the whole time like that's <laughs> all i could. I was like yeah like get it peewee get it peewee <laughs> and i had a great time doing it but again at this point i had come to terms to know that if i keep dissecting i'm gonna not like things and i did right. not i 
I didn't want to not like this because of how much I liked it in my first bunch of run throughs. So I didn't want to bring that down. Fantastic. I, I so like I like that you know when to stop before you get too negative. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't yeah. know when to stop. This yeah. one, I, I enjoyed it so much that I was like, I, I don't want to dislike this. So right. I'm not I'm going to do everything in my power not to dislike it. <laughs> Fantastic. Next up is uh, Long Good Night. Very slow ease and intro. Mm-hmm. This track could just be picked up out of this record and put on an Armor for Sleep record. Like, that's how much this sounds like an Armor for Sleep track. I totally get that, especially on that, like, uh, on that record with Car Underwater. Yeah. Yeah. What's the um, Dream to Make Believe? It reminds me of that one a lot. Is that the sure. name of the track? I yeah. think so, yeah. I, I definitely have to be in a specific vibe to get down with this track, mm-hmm. but if I'm in that vibe, this track is great. Like, yeah. I, I, I think this track was awesome if I'm in that particular vibe right next up close to home it's an okay track i'm so irritated with myself at this point over this album because (laughs) like my brain keeps wanting me to dislike things and i don't know why it kept wanting me to find something to dislike i don't know what the problem is that my natural response to this is to fight the thing like i don't understand like I had a like something about this record triggered my fight or flight response and <laughs> I can't fight because I'm in this for the show. So I had to fight it. So I'm trying to not fight it because I, I enjoyed the hell out of this thing. The first, I, as I already said, the first six listen throughs, I enjoyed the hell out of this record. Yeah. So I'm just irritated with myself at this point that it's just an okay song. I'm just arguing and yelling at myself in my head. Of, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you doing it? <laughs> And then the closer, the song which Mark Hoppus got engaged to, I'll Catch You. It's a very slow, very beautiful track. It's an Mm -hmm. excellent closer. I don't have anything negative to say about it. And it's the perfect closer for any record, especially this record. Yeah. Yeah. I love this song is we've talked about it before. This is one of those songs that I used to sing to Emily on the phone, like to put her to sleep. Did you put it on a mixtape? Oh, yeah. It was on all of them. It was... All of them? Yes. So, well, not all of them. The first year, I did all different songs, 13 songs, and then gave her those. After one year, I started adding on, like, anniversary songs. Okay. So, like, there was the 13 songs, a silent 13 seconds, and then, like, hidden tracks which I'll Catch You was one of those hidden tracks. So what you're saying is she basically has like a bunch of CDs with the exact same tracks on them and then more tracks added on later. Not the exact same tracks. All the tracks, all the fir- all the 13 tracks, they were different every single month. Okay. Okay. Never mind. And then I thought like you made one CD and then oh, tacked no. on another record, like tacked on another track and be like, here's it is again. No, Happy no. Happy anniversary. No, this was uh, like this was a labor of love. Like, <laughs> it was thirteen Understood. brand new songs every single month, and then yeah. the same songs after that little silent break. Understood. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Top three, I guess, is what we go with next, right? Top three. Top three. I would say I would have to say out of reach is my three. Okay. I'll catch you is my two. All right. And Valentine is my one. I really, really wow. like Valentine. 
I still really like Valentine. I'm kind of surprised because those are all slower tempo songs. Yeah. Yeah. I Again, this record made me think differently. And yeah. then it triggered my fight or flight response. Like I was in a in in, in peril. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this it. I don't know why those are the ones that appealed to me. I'm not sure. I can't put my finger on it right now. I don't know. Maybe at some point I'll become aware of why. But No, right don't. Just enjoy it. I love it. I love that fact. My top three, which is actually a top four because I can't follow rules. Number four, I have Action in Action. It's one of the first songs I heard from them like on a skate tape or something. I love that track. The video is fantastic. He's got one of those old 50s Sure microphones hanging from the ceiling. And it's on a on a microphone cord, and he's like swinging it around and playing. Loved it. Number three is Holiday. Like I said, I love the opening, just that string scraping opening, and then how hard they go, like in the first song, like to kick it off. I love that. It, it would be in my top three if it was titled appropriately. <laughs> gotcha. For some reason, it bothered me. I don't know why. My number two is Red Letter Day. I love that song. Okay. And then my number one is I'll catch you. I saw I could I could have saw I'll catch you from a mile away being. Oh, yeah. One. Like even yeah. before we started talking, when you gave me this record, I was like, that's his best. That's his favorite. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so I guess I'll ask you the big question. Throne, own, phone or grown? Uh, this album is quicksand uh, yeah. because it, it made me struggle the more I got into it. Like the deeper I got into it, it just kept making me struggle. It triggered my flight or flight response. I don't understand why yet. I didn't look at what this is going for or how many presses there are, but I'd own this. I, this is okay. a one for me. That, I'm fantastic. Especially because I will not be dissecting it when I'm spinning it. Like right. it, it's just, it's, it's playing and I'm listening, but I'm not dissecting it. Cause this is not a record that I can dissect. I can't, it just, there's something going on in my head. You don't have to. Me, exactly. I'm yeah. done with it. I don't just need to let it spin it. and I'm love it. Going, going to listen to the record now yeah for sure <laughs> and i have a particular like bunch of records in my head that i can i listen to when i'm at the comic shop because hmm. it's like a retail setting so yeah. i can't like necessarily have acacia strain playing or three six <laughs> mafia playing so right it might be frowned upon this record is 100 percent getting added into that like playlist of things to play while i'm there because it's it's not it's not abrasive and yeah. it it's still good enough that like I'm going to enjoy it while I'm listening to it. It's not, I'm not putting on elevator music. Right. No. And definitely and, not. like it switches up enough to kind of keep you interested. Like, yeah, I was hoping you would, uh, you would enjoy it. I'm really glad, really glad you enjoyed it. I With, I could have went farther and I wouldn't have enjoyed it. It would have yeah. been a groan if I would have kept trying to dissect this thing. I'm glad you stopped yourself. So get up kids. Weren't the only thing you were listening to this week. What, what's your uh, record of the week? Yeah, my record of the week is The Forever Story by J.I.D. Oh, my gosh. It, it is wild. Yeah. How fucking hard he goes in this thing. Yeah. You told me, and it took me until, like, it was it was after lunch, so, like, right around 1 o'clock on Friday to start listening to it. Yeah. And holy crap. I, I messaged you right when I started. I was like, J.I.D. is going off, like, insane. I saw somebody say they had the exact number, but it was like J.I.D. hasn't put out a project since DiCaprio 2, which was, I don't know, like five years ago or so, four years ago. 
And then they said he has absolutely spent every second of that time working on his craft. For sure. Yeah. It's every one is insane. Every track he's just doing things that people don't do. (laughs) Right. Yeah. His wordplay and pen game are insane. And then it has that record has the best Wayne verse I've heard in a long time. I think you may just be comparing it too much to the garbage Wayne verse on the games record. That, that, that it was awful. It was the laziest yeah. thing I've ever heard put to put to tape. Yeah. It's, I, because don't get me wrong, that's the only Wayne verse I ever heard that I was like, is this good? Because every other time I've heard a Wayne verse, it's like, no, this is killing. Like, Wayne is killing this verse right now. Maybe that's why, because I listened to both those records this week. I'm going to say that's it. Yeah. Uh, maybe, but Wayne sounded great. And Yasin Bey was on that record too. He was by name. Dude, yeah. Loved it. I, when he, like, so when I listen, I don't see the tracks. I don't see the track titles or anything like that because I'm listening at work. But I heard his voice come on and I was like, yes. And I looked down to my phone just to double check. Yeah. Fantastic. I knew if you wouldn't have listened to it, I was going to tell you that he had a feature on there and that I knew you would have at least listened to one track. So yeah. I was, I was holding that in the chamber, but hoping you <laughs> just would, in case. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fantastic. That was a, that's a great pick. So what is your record of the week? Uh, my record of the week is Bleed Out by the Mountain Goats. Uh, a band that you brought to my attention. Uh, this Since since that episode, uh, this is the second record, new record that I've picked up of theirs, which is wild. I haven't listened to that yet. I downloaded it, but I haven't listened to it yet, especially after you said it was like much heavier rock based. I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's more rock based uh it's like a soundtrack to an action movie like that that's exactly what it sounds like i like that i like yeah. that it's really really cool i enjoy it a lot there's a lot of different sounds on it too but that's john darnell just killing it doing john darnell things 100 genius things well so i guess i just gotta tell you what we're listening to next week yeah what's what's coming next week i kind of want i wanted to pick that cold chamber record I'm not though. Okay. Because when I was listening to this Get Up Kids record, I mentioned I heard a lot of those inflections, those voice inflections that sounded like Forever the Sickest Kids. Yeah. I know you haven't listened to Forever the Sickest Kids. I have not. I also know that they may be a bit too polished and poppy for you. <laughs> oh, no. Like it is very, like when you say pop punk, uh-huh. Most other bands are either in the middle of that or lean towards punk. Yeah. This band does not. This they band lean towards the pop. Very poppy. Okay. But you're still going to get the record. I'm just hoping that we can at least get through it with a modicum <laughs> of, of, of decency. Sure. Uh, the album is The Underdog Alma Mater. Okay. By Forever the Sickest Kids. And it, there is a deluxe version, so make sure okay. you listen to the 12-track version. Because the deluxe version, I think, has like 20 tracks or something. Oh, wow. Which I love. but Oh, it has 29 tracks. Wow. I love it, but but I don't... I Yeah, we don't need to be doing that to you right now. We just, <laughs> we just bring 12 tracks in. If I'm being honest, yeah, I'm kind of expecting a groan. I am a oh. little bit expecting a groan, but... I'm hoping because when I heard those voice inflections, I was like, "Ooh, that may be the latch. That may be like the 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 pin that sure. can like get you to 
see it rather than the pop. You'll be like, oh, that that voice sounds a little familiar. So maybe I can get into this. Hopefully we'll find out next week. Strange things have happened on this on this podcast. What did you expect from me with Kesha? You thrown a Kesha record, almost thrown a Kesha record. Yeah, it was on the precipice of a throw. It it was. Yeah, it's very close to throw. Like it's like one more step. Just just get rid of that is one of the that is one of the main reasons I'm bringing this because I feel like I've. I've built up such a good rapport at this point that I can bring this <laughs> and hope for the best. And then if not, then I go a different route and we'll find something else in my next sure. hour. But forever, the six kids underdog alma mater next week. I'm excited. When I say I love this record, there are yeah. very few records that I, I almost paid $200 for a original pressing of this. Whoa. And then there was a repress that I got. So I was so stoked. That I didn't <laughs> You're like, no, 30 is good. 30 is good. Yeah, I was like, no, repress. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely yeah. take the refresh. One hundred percent, absolutely. <laughs> Other than that, you got anything, Scott? You got anything to say? I'm just really stoked that you liked the Get Up Kids as much as you did. I really, I really did. am. I liked it a lot, yeah. and I to the point where if then I probably wouldn't have listened to it. I was gonna say if you would have given me this without the show to listen to, I would have enjoyed it, but I probably wouldn't have listened because that's why right. we made the show to keep <laughs> hold each other accountable. Exactly. <laughs> but no, I did really enjoy it. But other than that. Follow us on Twitter at Pod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. TikTok coming soon. No, it isn't. <laughs> Go tell an author about us because Ooh. authors have to listen to things too. They don't just write. They have to listen. So if somebody wants to write a book about this podcast, it'll be oh, very boring. Very <laughs> it's a children's picture book. Yeah, but like one of the ones that has textures in it. But the same like, pictures over and over again. Like, stick your finger through Brandon's ear. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing else. I like Thank it. you for listening. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank, thank you for the episode. Thank you for the record. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you, brother. Love you. Love you, too. Are you researching or are you listening? Are you listening? <laughs> Something about this record triggered my fight or flight response. This was a labor of love. This isn't are you researching? This is are you listening? I do surface level research, buddy.